In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Hello, everyone. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. I am Sarah Walsh, and I am here, as ever, with my co-host and sister, Amy. Uh, Amy, do you enjoy the fact that I didn't do a bit to start today's it, show? <laughs> it was uh, it, it was nice. It was straightforward and, um, you know, got right to the point without something that totally confused me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm aiming for a bit of, I don't know how, professionalism maybe is the word to use. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, It feels less fun, I'll say that. I mean, Uh, I suppose. But uh, I think it maybe works sometimes. And actually, part (laughs) of the reason why I wanted to just kind of jump in without a lot of kerfuffle is that... um, the show we're talking about today has like raised a lot of questions that I think, well, I personally am interested in and hopefully you will be as well. And so I really want to just like get into it, uh, so that we can like do a good job of talking about them and hopefully not have this be, you know, like a two and a half hour long episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, why don't you tell everyone what we're talking about this week? Okay. I really didn't do any research on this. So, I mean, I know what it's called and the rest of this I'm reading, um, right now. So we watched an episode of a show called My Hollow Love. Hollow spelled H-O-L-O, not like hollow, hollow man, but hollow like short for hologram. Indeed. Um, It has a total of 12 episodes and I guess premiered first or came out first on February 6th, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, It is from Korea and... That's about all I know. Okay. Well, uh, and I didn't even know the Korea thing till I read it right here. I wasn't sure. Okay. Um, well, so I should, I'll explain a bit why I, I thought that it, this would be a good show to talk about. Um, first and foremost, because uh, so we started the year with the Jetsons and Suburban Commando, which were quite fun, but I think you probably noticed like how extremely white those two things are. Well, um, I don't think there was any person of color in Suburban Commando, as far as I can recall. Um, no. So I thought, so my first instinct for this was to think of, uh, and I knew it was going to be a TV show, so then I was like, okay, let's think about a show uh, that does not 
have quite so many white people. Uh, and then I was like thinking about what we've covered already. And I felt as though perhaps like, um, Asian like subject matter, probably we, I don't think we've really done too much of that with the exception of Snowpiercer. Um, and then Mm -hmm. as you know, from just other random texts I've sent you, I personally have gotten very deeply into what I describe as weird and fantastical Korean shows. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, this like super fit into my already like viewed, like my viewing schedule. And I honestly am pretty pleased with it because it is a pretty, to me, entertaining show. Um, Mm -hmm. I've now, so we're going to talk about the pilot episode Um, but I've now also watched the second episode. And so I think that will be helpful to maybe contextualize some things perhaps, uh, for like kind of what this show is going to, uh, like look at over the course of its run. Um, and then I also just wanted to briefly mention that what I've discovered as a part of this looking around for Asian sci-fi material, um, this is a show that only has 12 episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. it is envisioned as a whole kind of complete story in those 12 episodes. It is not designed to have like multiple seasons. Um, and this actually apparently is a style or approach to TV programming in Korea. That's quite common. Um, you have what I would call kind of like high prestige miniseries sorts Mm -hmm. of things. Um, and one of the things that I'll talk about, we'll talk about soon when we talk about the cast is then it's, it's very similar to actually how, um, telenovelas work in Latin America, where you have like actors who are associated with this genre or type of show. And then they just Mm. appear in a bunch of them because they only Mm. last, you know, for the one season. So they just, so then they Mm. go into the next one and the next one Mm -hmm. and the next one. Uh, so that is the situation with My Hollow Love, um, mm. which is and probably also wins as one of our more recently made uh, kind of pieces of yeah, definitely. material as well. It's less um, than a year old. I think that's probably the most recent thing we've done. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive in to talk a little bit about the cast. And I should say up top that I do not speak Korean. You don't? I do not. (laughs) I mean, you are bilingual, but it just happens to be not the other language you speak. Correct. Um, I don't speak any Asian language at all. Um, and I don't really have any familiarity with it. Um, so we will both be doing our best with pronunciation, but, uh, I'm aware that our best will still not be correct. Um, and so also in kind of relation to this, what I learned is that, um, similar to, um, most Asian, uh, peoples, Koreans, uh, identify themselves by their family name coming first and then their actual name coming second. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I say people's names, 
you'll know that the first thing I say is their family name. And then the next thing I say is their individual name. Um, I also learned that uh, Korean names tend, like the personal names, the individual names, uh, tend to be uh, like two words or like two syllables compounded together um, with like a little hyphen in between. Hmm. So you will see that shortly. Um, So I think I want to start, since this is called My Hollow Love, I will start (laughs) with the character of Hollow, um, who we learn in episode two also has... Oh, no. Actually, I won't say that yet, because that's going to give away the reveal. Um, So Hollow is played by an actor named Yoon Hyun Min, uh, who is 35. Um, Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, (laughs) I learned that he began his life by playing professional basketball or professional baseball, excuse me, um, for a couple seasons um, in, in the professional kind of Korean baseball league. Um, Hmm. but then he decided that what he really wanted to do was act. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like you don't see that. No, that's definitely not a transition that usually happens. Um, and more to the point, not only did he decide that that's what he wanted to do, he actually like. then did it. Yeah. He had success in it because his first, so then, so he decides that he wants to switch to acting around 2007, 2008. Um, and then he appears in the Korean version of Spring Awakening, like wow. within a year or something. So uh, clearly a very like talented person. Um, wow. And again, like I said uh, up top, he is part of this kind of like stable of actors who are cycled through these high profile miniseries that has he ever been in anything in the u.s because i for some reason felt like he seemed familiar to me there was something familiar about him to me maybe that was just he's got that like air about him but yeah i felt i was feeling like i recognized him i couldn't find anything yeah that wasn't like korean stuff that he was in and i should also say that like uh the information i have about all of these different cast members um, comes from Wikipedia rather than IMDb. Like normally the bio mm-hmm. stuff I get is from IMDb. Um, but what I have started to learn when we've done our non-English language stuff, um, IMDb is really bad at getting information about people. Mm-hmm. And it seems like exceptionally uh, worse when we're talking about Asian uh hmm parts of the world so imdb Uh, not so great about the international even though it's called isn't it called international movie database wow they really need to they need to up this work quite a bit (laughs) um i also should say that in addition to uh being a baseball player and actor uh he also and this must go back to the spring awakening uh career path he also has released a couple of singles um Mm. And we'll see that one of the other characters in this show is much more involved in what might be the K-pop world. You know what? I was, you know what? That's what it is. He, and maybe this is like, uh, he's, I feel like he was reminding me of like a K-pop guy. That's probably what it was like. His hair, the way he had his hair. 
Um, that's funny. That's probably what it was that I was like picturing him as. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I want to talk about once we get through the cast is like the general kind of like looks that both Hollow and Soyeon um, have because I mm-hmm. feel like there is like a wholesomeness that yeah. even goes through to the costuming. And the anyway, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it in a second. The other thing I just wanted to mention is that he's also in a show called Witch's Court. And that that. sounds like very curious what that is. (laughs) I know. I realize now that there's a part of me that wants like every type of court, like ghost court, witches court, baby court. court, I would love. Okay, well, I don't know about baby court, but (laughs) I, but ghost court, I love, and witches court, I'm very curious about. Yeah, or like monster court. Um, I love all that. I like all the. Uh, yeah, I like oh. not. I don't want to be in real court, but I no. do want shows about court. And you're like <laughs> adjudicating. I don't know what. <laughs> I really think there like, needs which to be is, like, and well, it can all be vaguely in the universe of Night Court. <laughs> I it, but like in witches court. When you picture witches court, I'm not picturing like witches on trial because that's like too no, real. I'm picturing no. witch, witches putting people on trial or witches being the judges, the juries, and everything. Well, right? Right. is that what like, you're picturing? Right, like it's a world of witches, and so then or some that. witches, some witches need to go to court, and then mm. all the people in the court are also witches. Yeah, and it's about like witchy, like the the offenses are witchy in that right. like someone stole somebody's broom, and somebody, <laughs> somebody like and, well, that's the somebody thing, it needs ooh, to somebody be, plagiarized somebody's spell, and yeah. like you know, yeah, that it needs type to be stuff. as banal and procedural as actual court, but about <laughs> witch things. Yes, uh, I like that. So I gotta check like, out witches court. <laughs> Uh, oh man, why aren't people just like offering us deals? We come up with so many great ideas. About- I think that's a, I think that's a great. I'm not sure if it has like staying power for like a long term series. It may have to be like a one season situation. But I think that's a great premise for something. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a great premise for something I would watch. I know. Or like in addition to stealing someone's broom, you would also have like going to witch court for like damages to that broom. Like if you had yeah. a little bit of a fender bender, but on brooms. Yeah. Um, yeah it could be like traffic court, but like it's brooms. It's all witches, about like. Witches <laughs> traffic court is the spinoff from witches court. <laughs> <laughs> um okay we can't get anyway. down in witch's court um so then then the other main protagonist in the show in addition to hollow uh is han soyeon uh who is played by an actress named ko sung hee uh who is 30 uh and one of the things that i thought was funny is like when she first puts on like the Google Glass that makes her see hollow, it captures information based on facial recognition, and it says that uh, her character, uh, so Yeon, is born in, born in 1989, but she's actually born in 1990, so she's actually younger than the character she plays in the show. Um, that is uh, 
That is very un-American. <laughs> in America, usually you're playing 16 and you're 35. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think she is supposed to be like a woman around 30 yeah, in the show yeah, yeah. anyway. So it's yeah, not know, really a big deal, but I did think it was funny. Yeah. Um, so in her case, her tra- career trajectory is pretty straightforward. She studied acting at the Sung Kyung Kwan University in Seoul. Um, and then unsurprisingly just kind of goes straight into various TV roles. Um, Damn. And, uh, I mean, she works her way up, but she does become kind of a leading character fairly quickly. Uh, hmm. Her first leading role is in a show called Diary of a Night Watchman, which is maybe the guy who hangs out outside of Witch's Court. I, don't I think really so. Know. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's in that same universe. That's what I would. That's like the the vibe I was getting. I would really like that. Um, so that was back in 2014, and then since then she's been in a number of others of these like kind of high profile, um, prestige miniseries. So mm-hmm. she's quite kind of in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I mean, it, what's kind of nice, what I appreciated about this episode is there they don't introduce a lot of characters. Um, and that's especially helpful because it was hard for me when watching to like figure out people's names. Um, well, because something, something that we didn't say, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but this, it it was made for a Korean audience and put onto us Netflix and the, the audio is dubbed. So the, their mouths don't match what is being said and stuff like that. So to me, that's a little bit distracting already. So if I had to, because I'm trying to imagine how they would say that in another language at the same time, I don't know if you do that, but I'm like, would they ever say that? Like certain phrases you can tell they've Americanized and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I watched it with subtitles because I oh. th- I find dubbing actually distracting for that reason because I'm like yeah. their mouth and their voice yeah. don't go together. Um, which so is I why just, my point, my point being about that was just more, uh, that's why less characters does help me with that because the more people there are, the more distracting that gets. Yeah. I find. Yeah. Um, and like it, based on my watching of episode two, this seems like a show where the world, uh, gets further and further developed as each episode goes along, which is true mm-hmm. of many things, but I like I think they do a nice job of kind of like starting with a relatively small yeah. kind of set of information and then moving out from there. Yeah. So the other two characters who are important to this particular episode's storyline is um, a woman whose character is named Gu Yujin and the actress um, is named Choi Yeojin. Um, who is 37, um, and she was born in Korea, uh, but uh, immigrated to Canada in the early 90s when she was like a middle schooler, um, and then she remained in Canada uh, until the early 2000s uh, because she entered a modeling contest in 2001 and then became a model. Um, hmm. and Which then- one was she? Uh, she's she the one is who the had w- the glasses at first. Right. So she's the okay. one who's the um, kind of like, I guess she's the CEO of whatever, okay. of the Geo company, because it's Geo okay. that makes Hollow. Okay. okay. Um, so 
she and so from her modeling she then dis, she kind of transitions into acting in Korea mm-hmm. um and and starts doing that earlier than pretty much everybody else it looks like uh hmm. in the cast uh she has the biggest list of credits of anybody hmm. um so she transitions into acting in 2007 um and wins an and all of these people also have these awards that i don't recognize yeah. um but it's and to me this is like i don't know why we don't have this award like all of them won things that are variations on like best new actor best new actress best new uh-huh. star um yeah. and i'm like yeah i know we have like best new artist for like grammys we don't um, have an up and coming in yeah. like the acting world no yeah, and I feel like that's a weird oversight on our part. Um, but so, it like, is, just to put yeah. it in to put it in context, um, Choi Yoo Jin won the Best New Star Award in two thousand and seven, and Yoon Hun Min and Ko Sung Hee both also won similar awards, but not until twenty fourteen. So just to like see, even though they're of approximate ages, she has been doing acting longer, uh, uh-huh. it seems. She's a little, she's a touch older. A little yeah. bit. Um, and then the other person who's important to the story that happens um, in episode one is a character named Gang Wu, who's played by an actor named Lee Ki-chan, who is 42. Um, Which one is he? He is her boss that she likes. That she likes. Hmm. Oh. Because he gives her cool. those... Uh, concert tickets. Oh, oh yeah. I kind of can't picture him right now. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 Um, but so, and he's the one who, um, it's hard to say because he was a singer. That's where he began. Uh, he was a singer in the mid nineties. Um, and I know that's kind of like the origin moments for K-pop, but I'm not sure that what he does would necessarily fall into that Wait, category. K-pop, start, K-pop started in the 90s? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because... I thought um, it was like in the last couple years. <laughs> no, no. I it didn't started realize that the, was a thing. Yeah, it started so in the 90s because... Um, I don't know enough about it, but basically yeah. like Korea had a very authoritarian government and I, and to yeah. be clear there's Korea and North Korea and so I'm right. talking about Korea right. um well because North Korea like do they even have entertainment there they're like I mean they must but it probably isn't great <laughs> it's probably like really intense and like not very fun um but so basically and I only know this from some like podcasts I've listened to in the past little while Basically, my understanding is is that Korea has this authoritarian government in place through the 1980s. And so the kind of music that is being produced is what you would expect in authoritarian situations where it's like, talk about the president. The president's Mm. great. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do some exercises. Hey, live Mm. with joy in your heart. You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, So it's like stuff like that or kind of very traditional kind of super old school Korean Mm. music. Like that's kind of what's around for the most part. Um, But then that government 
concludes or like that authoritarian period changes. And so in the 90s, um, there's a lot more kind of, first of all, people are just able to get material from outside of Korea to listen to and to watch and to whatever. And then um, there's this group and I want to, it's called like Sojian Boys or Seijian Boys. um, And they're like um, a hip hop group, actually. Oh. Um, And they're obviously influenced and inspired by American rap music. And that's in the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Um, and that kicks off this new phase of development of like um, creating our own content rather than importing pop uh-huh. music from elsewhere. Uh, Lee Ki Chan starts out, as I said, as a singer in the mid 90s, and he does mostly like ballads and stuff, which is another reason, reason why I'm not sure that he counts as K-pop, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. because of course we know that ballads exist in pop music, um, but because he's in this kind of transitional moment of how these genres are developing, um, I could see that being kind of like, well, it's really just an outgrowth of what was already there that was kind of that cheesy traditional stuff that was being made, so I'm not totally yeah. sure. Um, but needless to say, as you would expect... I mean, he's a very visible guy, so um, he uses his uh, music career to then transition into acting. So he also starts acting around 2008. So all of these people are starting kind of their trajectory around the same time. Hmm. Um, And he now as well is a very recognizable actor within this genre of Korean music. premiere television, miniseries mm-hmm. type things. Mm-hmm. So that is who we're, those are the characters we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Um, and okay. So now like I want, I've been thinking about uh, how we do this show and like what I think is effective and maybe what isn't. Um, and so what I thought we might do is before we talk about the actual episode uh, there are some kind of like overarching questions uh, that I think might be good to just like have a chat about, and then we can talk about like what's happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that sound good? I know it I'm like technically me. springing this on you <laughs> on air. Um, so okay, some of so basically. Uh, what we're dealing with here is a show where the premise is hollow, H-O-L-O, um, is a holographic artificial intelligence that Soyeon ends up coming in contact with. That's mm-hmm. So that, I think, will help, uh, help preface these initial questions that yeah. I wanted to mention. Um, so first and foremost, what year do you think this is? I have literally no idea. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think they give us. They don't really give us anything, and it really actually didn't even cross my mind to ask that question, or it didn't like bother me. Like I was, <laughs> I was fully on board for a holographic man to appear through glasses. I was like, <laughs> cool. I didn't even. I wasn't even like, no, that couldn't happen. When the heck? Could this be what's because everything else about the world seemed very 
current, if that makes yeah. sense. Like there were, yeah. there was no, um, you know, robots flying around. There was no, you know, car, like flying cars or crazy other technology. Yeah, um, even like, um, like the cell phones that people have look like ones we already have. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't put up any alarm bells for like really questioning what the time frame was. Yeah, for me, I mean, for me. No, me neither. But like the more that I think about it, the more puzzling that is. Um, yeah. And I get, or more to the point, I think it's supposed to be like now. Yeah, I do. T- I that's the vibe that I got. And I'm remembering now there are various opportunities where they show the date of things. Oh, do they? Oh, well, when she puts on the glasses at first and like you get the information about stuff, does it right. have a date? Right. I didn't. I didn't read it. If it did. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because like on in episode two, there's something else that she looks at and it shows the year 2020. So I think it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be. But also, and that, that to me is believable. <laughs> Again, I was fully on board. Um, but they did a great like, job then of creating a world <laughs> that you bought into. <laughs> but like I said, I do think that Asian countries are ahead of us in certain technological things you know when you look at um (laughs) I don't know why toilets come to mind that's a weird thing to like (laughs) but when you think when you think of like Japanese toilets I feel like they're always ones that are like super automated and have like a little light and are like also part bidet like um and I think I've seen like pictures of like Japanese hotel rooms where they're um super high tech and I know we're not talking about Japan but I feel like Asia in general has some type of jump on us in terms of technology so if this exists there I mean maybe this freaking exists there (laughs) I mean I guess that's really to me the head scratcher is that like (laughs) the premise is that as of now today even though hollow is a secret technology like has not been launched um that there would be this level of sophistication is really that stretches things quite a bit. I mean, I say. have you ever? You, maybe you, we don't know. Maybe this this truly exists, and it is still in the prototype phase. I mean, I mean that kind of leads into one of the other questions, which I just uh, scooted around so that we can talk about it as it comes up in the episode. Um, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I want to believe that something like this is being created somewhere by somebody. Really? I wanted (laughs) it. I I was like, I love the idea. (laughs) I mean, hollow is a very darling, uh, kind of entity, um, for sure. And quite likable for an artificial intelligence, um, which is the point of it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not sure that I, I don't know, like I said, this one leads into a set of questions that I have saved for later as we come upon them. Um, I was into it. I would, and I don't mean it, I don't mean it in the way that like, I wouldn't necessarily, I don't know the direction this, um, this show goes, obviously from the title of it, like it leads me to believe it's a love story between her and this holographic guy. Right. For me, for me, (laughs) 
I um, would use this piece of technology less emotionally and for the purpose of some of the tasks we're seeing he, that he's able to do, <laughs> like um, organizing paperwork or whatever it was he, like, um, you know, some of the other stuff he was able to help her with was right. in, was intriguing to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just am not sure, but we'll we'll get there and talk a bit more. <laughs> okay, so now let's just like move into the show itself, and that will like lead us to some of these other big questions uh, okay. that I feel like the show kind of brings up. So, um, where we begin is we're in an office with uh, a man and a woman sitting together and talking. Uh, about some sort of upcoming presentation. And the woman asks the guy if he's nervous. So there's like, so you're not, I I will say it took me a little while to like figure out what was going on um, (laughs) with the show, uh, but that's fine. Um, So then we cut to watching this same pair of people uh, like sitting across from each other in armchairs, but they're in like this big glass box. Yeah, as um, you do. Yes. And so in the big glass, but like they're in a big glass box in a conference room. In front of room, a crowd. Yeah, where then there's an yeah. audience of people watching them sitting, having a conversation in the big glass box. <laughs> and uh, what they're talking about is uh, AI technology. So this is one of my first questions to you, just to make sure that we're on the same page. Uh, What does AI stand for? And can you try and explain it? Well, it stands for artificial intelligence. um, And I don't know, like the dictionary definition, but it's any it can be lots of different things. I mean, you can pro like robots are artificial intelligence. Um, computers in lots of sense are, I guess, artificial intelligence. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to explain it, but that's what it stands for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so just for transparency, I have a few different things looked up on Wikipedia ready to go <laughs> for okay. this so that uh, we can uh, talk about it like as as intelligently as we can as non-specialists in these fields. <laughs> um, so basically, as you said, uh, artificial in- AI stands for artificial intelligence. Um, and that at its most basic, this is intelligence um, associated with some kind of machine or technology. Um, and that's put in contrast to natural intelligence, which is what, um, you know, we human beings have it, but also animals are understood to have a certain amount of natural intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I mean, is, I would, I would argue that humans don't have it on the whole, but yes, <laughs> I mean, and, and one of the things that is a constant kind of corollary question or corollary uh, idea related to artificial intelligence is um, is like uh, sentience or awareness of oneself um, yeah. and like kind of awareness of your existence, of the fact of your existence. So like animals 
at most animals have an intelligence in the sense that like any animal is trying to survive and it has various techniques for doing so and it will employ them at different times but not every animal is actually like aware of its own existence say that last part again not every animal is aware of its own existence okay okay yeah, like like my dog, for example, has no idea she exists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe she does. I don't know. But like it's like um as you go up kind of like into more complex and complex types of animal life, you see more and more kind of evidence that that particular animal is aware of itself beyond simply survival instincts right like that it actually has like what we're using here is the notion of intelligence but again i think there's also an element to that which is self-awareness um yeah because like which also arguably uh, humans do not have either but (laughs) right um so like you know artificial intelligence might be um, what we do have already, which is kind of like predictive, you might characterize a predictive algorithm as an artificial intelligence. So like when you're on TikTok, TikTok or Facebook or any of these social media platforms, they have algorithms that work out what you want, like you yeah. as a user, and it will start pumping what you want toward you versus somebody else wants something else. So it's going to tell them a different thing. Um, right. So there's, you know, like you could debate and say, well, an algorithm isn't really intelligent, right? Because that's created by a human being. It's pre- it, sure it's predictive, but it's not like thinking for itself in a mm-hmm. way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that this is, I mean, and this is a really common uh, science fiction trope. We see these kinds of questions emerging a lot in science fiction, um, particularly um, often around kind of like a dystopian narrative where like once the machines become sentient, they're going to take over, you know, like a la Terminator um, right. or iRobot is another example. And we'll right. talk about iRobot shortly. So um, <laughs> that is what is happening here is that uh, Eugen is kind of demonstrating AI and talking about AI. And then she announces to the crowd, or I guess it's Hollow who actually announces it. Uh, he says that the Geo company has actually created an artificial intelligence that passes the Turing test, um, which is, and then people's like make an audible gasp and like have mm. their jaws drop. Um, and, and are you, you about to ask me what the Turing test is? Yes. Okay, I have zero ideas. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, have you ever, did you see that um, Benedict Cumberbatch vehicle, The Imitation Game? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is actually kind of hard to explain, but I have a different Wikipedia page open that I will try <laughs> to use to explain what the Turing test is. So Alan Turing is a a very early days um, British uh, computer scientist um, who Benedict Cumberbatch plays in the movie The Imitation Game. Um, And uh, he basically posits in the 1950s 
this thing called the Turing test. And what the Turing test is is, is, um, trying to get a machine to imitate the responses and reactions that a human would have. Uh, Okay. And the way that you do the test is that you have one person who is asking questions to two individuals that they cannot see. Okay. And one of the individuals is an actual human, and one of the individuals is the artificial intelligence. Okay. And the Turing test, passing the Turing test, means that you would have this one human being asking a human being in a computer the same sets of questions, and the person asking the questions couldn't tell who was making the answers. Whoa. That's okay. what the Turing test is. Okay. Do you, does that make sense, what I'm talking not, about? Not fully, but it's like the blurring between... What I sort of understood from that is like the blurring of the lines between what is the artificial intelligence and what is natural intelligence. Right, exactly. So like if you want to like picture it in your mind, the Turing test would have one person who's the question asker and they are in a separate room from both question answerers. Okay. And one of the peop- one of the beings that is going to be answering the questions is a human being and one uh, and then the other is an artificial intelligence. And so okay. the question asker would ask, let's say, 50 questions, mm-hmm. right? And then at the end of the fi- – and get the responses from both beings. Right. Not seeing them, not knowing anything else but their answers to the questions. And right. then some other person who's running the test would come into the question asker and say, which one of these beings mm-hmm. is human and which one is not? Interesting. And, and passing the Turing test means that the person who's the question asker cannot tell which is wow. human and which isn't. That's what that okay, means. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So, this, I mean, this is a very big deal um, that Hollow is able to pass the Turing test. Meaning the art- artificial intelligence is super, super good. Right. Like indistinguishable... Yeah. From talking to a human being. Yeah. That, that is a little scary. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> See? So now you it's get wor- my... It's, wor- <laughs> it's worrying. I mean, I... <laughs> like, I'm not... I know that's like the main... I feel like that's people's main worry when it comes to artificial intelligence is like, it'll become so intelligent, it'll surpass us and then turn on us and like we'll get killed or some, you know, something dramatic like that. But it would be concerning because where I don't know where this show goes, again, based on the title, I can guess where it goes. And to me, there's going to be no happy ending because even if he is so so lifelike and so so lovable so so whatever she thinks that he is it remains that when she takes off her glasses he disappears right right 
And she can't even when she has them on, she can't touch him because he's not really there. Right. So anyway, I, I mean, and this is actually one of the things that is discussed in this opening scene is that the woman who uh, Eugene, who's like the CEO of the company. Uh, is explaining that part of the reason why hollow has been designed is precisely because human beings are uncomfortable with artificial intelligence. Um, That putting a human appearance to go along with the AI will make it more palatable to people, and then, of course, more people will use it. Um, Which then brings me to, like, one of the other kind of larger questions that this show made me think about, which is like, are human beings inherently uncomfortable with new technology? Like anytime a new technology comes out, does it not matter what it is? Or is there something kind of particularly concerning about artificial intelligence that is different from other kinds of technological advances? Well... Uh, okay, yes and no, because I uh, initially I said yes right away, because when I think of at least, you know, and maybe this, this I think this will change as we, I don't even know if it will, maybe it won't. Um, technology moves so fast right now, and maybe they'll, we'll reach a point where it slows down again, I don't know, um, that a certain generation is fully... Um, just not wired to keep up with that trajectory of change. Um, You know, like you reach a a breaking point where you're like, I can't have another phone that does more stuff because I'm at my capacity for the amount of stuff I can understand about this. Um, And I think we have a big population of people with that now. So that makes me say yes. Um, But... I but at the same time I do think obviously AI is a separate piece of that that people are uncomfortable with especially in the days of um, surveillance and people being all stressed about being right. surveilled that they think you know if they have the more machines you have or the more things the more ways they can surveil you even though I know that's not specific to artificial intelligence but um, you know, people are creeped out by Alexas because they sound like a person, even though they're not shaped like a person. They have a person's voice and, you know, talk back to you and say stuff. Um, so I think, I don't know. I'm not sure what point I'm making. Uh, I also think that, like, it's interesting that when people have talked about kind of, like, what will happen when AI becomes as kind of proficient as natural intelligence. Um, They often talk about it only in negative terms. Um, Like things like Terminator, things like iRobot are this vision that that's going to be the way it's going to go. But we, I, I mean, that to me is like really a very human way of looking at it. I'm like, this is intelligence that we will certainly have a role in creating. Um, Mm -hmm. because still like for art, like even when you call like a, uh, a phone, a customer service line and you kind of know you're talking to not a person, but it sounds like a person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, for that even to work, it's because a human being has set up Programmed all the different, it. right? Like in yeah. artificial intelligence, what they're doing now is like doing a lot of teaching of different systems. Because So like the data that's going into those systems is generated by human beings. But nonetheless, right. um, it doesn't mean like it's a totally different kind of understanding of the world, like a, like a really artificial intelligence that's really working on its own kind of platform. We can't be sure that what it would want to do is world domination because that's a human thing to want to do. Right. Well, um, and I think that we are putting, we are personifying it. Right. Because that's, um, and that's, why I think what you mentioned before of like putting, making this look like a person is what technically what makes people maybe maybe more comfortable with it because we um we do personify so many things to make ourselves understand it or make it seem more um palatable right and it's true like that is why the the number one fear in about ai is that they will turn on us and um you know try to take over when yeah that's Unless they're, and I mean, that comes in all types of um, media that's portrayed, but that's because that's written by humans who have that same fear. Right. Um, I mean, if they were smart, what AI would want to do is they like look around and be like, "Uh, we're going to get off this planet. Yeah, what they want to do is get the hell away from us. (laughs) They'd be like, we're smart enough. We can build a spaceship. And oh, yeah, we can go into space because we don't have your frail little bodies. So we're just going to leave you bums behind. Like, (laughs) you guys, yes, you are a threat to yourselves. And technically, we could take over the Earth. But really, the smarter thing is for us to just leave and let you do it to yourselves (laughs) because you will. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, I mean, I think what's interesting is, like, I think really this show is kind of meant to be just a light little, like, weird romance sort of thing with AI. Um, But it still brings up these very central themes that are really some of the most, like, quintessential science fiction kind of questions and tropes that the genre repeatedly kind of investigates and explores. Explorers, excuse me. And so that, to me, I just kind of enjoy. So, okay, so now let's talk. We're just going to kind of blow through some of the story points um, so we can see just what is happening here. So this new development of Hollow is amazing. And after this big um, kind of promotion, uh, the CEO lady, Eugene, is approached by the vice president of a company called Magic Mirror, um, which is one of her kind of tech rivals and almost seems a bit like maybe a Google or mm. something. Um, mm-hmm. And the VP of that, I, this is one of the characters that I couldn't figure out his name to save my life. Um, mm-hmm. He like is also a bit slimy. He's like hitting on Eugene mm-hmm. and asks to take her to dinner. And she's like, no, thanks. I don't want to sell you my technology and I don't want to go to dinner with you. And I hate you. <laughs> and you're gross. <laughs> so shut up. Um, she then gets in her, you know, typical town car situation to head home. And she's talking to Hollow in the car. Um, and as they're doing that, she notices that a car is following her. 
Um, and then there's a pretty good like chase scene and like some crashes. Yeah. Um, I'm not a that little confused as to what was going on here, but now that you mention it, I get it. <laughs> um, like I'm not much of a car chase person, but I thought it was a pretty good one, particularly again for a TV show. Um, but since these are these kind of like, um, I have to well, it's assume got, it's got pretty good production value for yeah. like, yeah, I was going to say it's got, it's clearly like a, a lot of money has gone into this. Well, in general, um, I would say TV shows have really upped their game in the past few years that, you know, yeah, TV is not the same as it was in terms of production. Right. And also, like, when you're doing just a one-season-long 12-episode arc, you yeah. can have stuff going on in a different way than if you're like, well, this is for the long haul, and we need right. to... We have whatever budget we have. So and in this the is con- our set, so we can't, like, blow up this one set. <laughs> right. Um, so in the context of this car chase, one of the things that happens is that Hollow turns to Eugen and says, do you want me to drive? Uh, wow yeah and so she says yes um because again like i'm not sure that even self-driving technology is to this level yet to where some other computer could interface but maybe it is i'm not sure i like Mm -hmm. if there's anything that's closer to what we might really have it's probably this like the self-driving car yeah um, so he taps into that, and it is kind of funny because she has a real human driver who has been driving, and she shouts to him, like, stop touching the wheel, don't do anything, just sit there. <laughs> um, and so there are some good shots of where it looks like there's this guy just sitting there with his hands, like, up, and the wheel is turning and, like, stuff is happening, <laughs> um, which I quite enjoyed. Um, so they end up crashing her car anyway, because like a little kid runs out into the street. Um, kids, kids, I know kids, such ass ruining everything. God, ruining (laughs) everything. Um, Ooh, kids court. Ooh, Ooh, that could be something. Um, so anyway, as a result of the crash, uh, Eugen leaves the car and starts running through. I wasn't sure if it was like a mall or some kind of like that. Yeah, plaza it was some type or something. It was some type of like outdoor galleria. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she's like running through that, and Hollow is still with her because she still has the glasses on. And right. he tells her like, uh, "You have to get rid of these glasses. That's what these people must be after." Um, mm-hmm. and so he's like, look around the crowd, like find somebody. And I, when he said it, I was a bit confused, but then I realized the plan was, uh, like take the glasses, put them in your, your glasses case and then drop the glasses case into somebody's pocket or purse or something. Yeah. Um, because as we also, because it's AI and it's uplinked to everything, it has GPS. So it's like, you can find me later. Um, right, right, right. So, but like for now they're, they're not, they're after me, but they're using you as the way to get to me. Right. So like you, you drop off the glasses in somebody's pocket and they're going to go left and you run right and they'll follow you. These thug Mm -hmm. types. Mm -hmm. Um, so Eugen starts looking around this crowd and hollow actually picks 
So Yeon, he's like that lady. Yeah. Give yeah, them yeah. to her. Um, and we don't know why he selects her, particularly because she is walking through this plaza like the biggest sad sack I've ever seen. <laughs> like she's <laughs> just super depressed. And we and yeah. we've seen her already she's already been introduced um as this very lonely woman. Um, who is not kind of engaging in the world. So um, so Eugene drops the glasses in Soyeon's bag. Uh, she runs away. Uh, Soyeon, of course, continues like walking whatever direction she's walking. Um, mm-hmm. The thugs end up grabbing Eugene um, and then ultimately dumping her off at a bus stop. And it looked like she was unconscious maybe. Um, Yikes! This is a this is like a little intense for someone who's just like your business rival. <laughs> Indeed, um, but ultimately, everyone survives this incident intact. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we then come to the next day, and now we're following Soyeon. And in fact, for the remainder of the episode, we're mostly following her story. Yeah. Um, and she, we're, she's at this cafe that uh, when she was ordering her latte in the cafe, I was like, I want to have a latte in a cafe. That I want to like, I know. <laughs> I just want to be back to normal life where I like pick up a coffee on my way to work and work is in an office. <laughs> like I'm mm. so jealous. And that sounds like the lamest thing in the world, but I'm truly wistful for those days. Yeah, um, I like also, the coffee part. I don't need the office part. I'm over that. <laughs> also, just like select that bit of audio for future me, Amy, when I'm complaining about going to the office and like play that back for me of this moment I will. where I was like wistful about going into the office. I will. Um, I will play that back for you because I feel <laughs> not the same. <laughs> I I like the idea of going into a coffee shop. I love the idea of like being able to walk freely and feel comfortable walking outside and in public without masks and going into an enclosed space and not feeling like a stranger is going to breathe on me. Um, I love all that and like the idea of even just sitting in a coffee shop um, yeah. carefree. The office part, I don't, I don't need to ever do again. <laughs> That's fair. And everyone has their own kind of like <laughs> lessons learned from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, but in the process of this transaction, while she's looking for her wallet, she finds this glasses case yeah. in her bag. And she's confused because like, I didn't, I don't totally get what this company she works for is but glasses yeah, seem to be a part of it oh yeah they did like they were a glasses company i don't know like i realized yeah. that too and i was like wait is that all the companies are just all glasses like what's <laughs> Korea going on here only produces glasses <laughs> <laughs> they produce happening here the world in supply this, of glasses in this particular um, world everything is just glasses yeah. Um, but so she finds this glasses case in her bag and she opens it up and finds this pair of glasses and she's confused because she'd just been in the glasses store the night before. So she thinks she's by accident like taken some sample product, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she puts them on, which she doesn't actually need glasses, so I don't know why she puts them on. Um, 
And when because she they does, are cute, they're like cute little glasses. I might have done that. Uh, and so at, w- immediately as she puts them on, Hollow activates. So she sees this man standing in front of her, <laughs> uh, which would terrifying. be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Especially so she prom- to be clear, if he was not there five seconds ago. <laughs> right. Like he literally just appears. Yeah. 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 Um, and so unsurprisingly, she spills her coffee and she thinks she spilled it on the man she sees, but then she like looks and she's like, no, the coffee's on the ground, like, you know, because it fell into the air. <laughs> it didn't right. hit any, like, so she's uh, kind of puzzled. Um, and, he, and her boss, Gang Wu, is there and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, I think so. <laughs> I think I might be losing my mind, but I might be okay. Not really sure. Um, so then... We see kind of like her work life and we start to understand why like she's such a sad sack because Mm -hmm. she goes into the office and this woman uh, like who's carrying a bunch of papers like is bumped into and so then she falls and then like all her papers are on the ground and so Yeon passes her, but there's this like weird stare that the two of them have as she's as So Yeon's getting into the elevator. Yeah. Um, and when we follow her into her office, we are shown her coworkers through So Yeon's eyes, and we see that all their faces are blurry. Um, mm. But we don't really entirely know yet what that means yeah um so basically then we're carried into a conversation between her co-workers where they're all bitching about her um <laughs> and saying that she must be sleeping with gang Wu, who's the boss um <laughs> you know so i will say like one of my main questions is like why are people such dicks to her like yeah so like Basically, so Yeon, like, has been keeping herself apart from her coworkers, and this has mm-hmm. engendered a very real, like, bitterness amongst them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she passes Gang, Gang Wu in the hallway and doesn't seem to recognize him. Mm-hmm. And he says to her, ah, you know, I think I know. He's, he's kind of the only one in the office who's nice to her, which is why the coworkers are talking shit about her in the first place. Um, yeah, you always, uh, yeah, whoever's the favorite of the boss, you're going to be like, <laughs> Right. Even though she has done nothing. Just like school children. It's, I mean, people never grow up. That's the, that's the real um, truth of life. People never grow up. They I will know. always be children. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, ah, I know what it is. You're nearsighted. So you, that's why you don't recognize people right away. And she seems like on the verge of saying something, but ultimately mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, you're right. That's, and he's like, oh, okay, okay. That explains a lot. Yeah. Uh, that night she returns home from work. And what we see is like this young woman who is very sad, even though she has a roommate, that roommate, I think is maybe a flight attendant. Cause she's, they say some things and oh, she's yeah. like always gone. Yeah. Um, so she's effectively like living alone. Uh, she's drinking alone on this rooftop and she's kind of even singing this weird song 
which is about being alone. <laughs> like she's just like <laughs> alone, A L O N E, alone. Um, wait till she wait till she hits twenty twenty for real. I know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, and she, you know, she's doing the kind of thing that I think actually a lot of people who are experiencing like a hard time in love or in friendship or whatever um, will start saying things like, I think I'm better off this way, you know, and yep. this is like the better thing to do. And in the context of these like self Otherwise known as a coping mechanism. <laughs> yes. Good job. <laughs> you get the psychology award for today's episode. Well, good. <laughs> um, so in the context of this, she puts on the glasses again and the man from the coffee shop shows up in her face again immediately. <laughs> and she freaks out. And now she's decided that he's a ghost. That is haunting her. Love that. I mean, it, this could go. This could have gone one of two ways. It could have been a horror movie, or it could have been science fiction. Yeah, I mean, I, I much like I would like to see Ghost Court. I would also like to see like Ghost Best Friend, um, or Ghost Life Coach. Um, <laughs> go, <laughs> and that would be a show where someone's yeah. a ghost. Hmm. Where your life coach is a ghost. Interesting. I mean, that's I mean, actually just like I, an updated version of A Christmas Carol because those ghosts yeah. of Christmas, past, present, and future were just like the way to make Scrooge better. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, it's, but also, and also, is it not something akin to, though I don't ever watch this show, like Touched by an Angel, something like that? Maybe. I don't know. If that I never I watched that like show, so I. Yeah, I'm not familiar with there, that show. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, I think, yeah, I don't know either. I, I was going to start to try to guess. But anyway, the I don't I don't hate that, though I do feel like it maybe has been done in some type of yes. way. Probably. Um, so then we go through this kind of series of different things where Soyeon is putting on the glasses, taking off the glasses, has multiple different freakouts, um, <laughs> where she thinks Hollow is a ghost, where she thinks Hollow is like a, an actual human man who's stalking her. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, so she keeps taking the glasses on and off and Hollow is trying to explain. So when she takes the glasses off, he like calls her on the phone. He <laughs> like activates her Wi-Fi enabled tea kettle. He shows up <laughs> on her smart TV, like. All these different technologies uh, to try and be like, look, look, I'm I'm not a ghost and I'm not a human stalker. I am an artificial intelligence and you can interface with me through the glasses. That's how they work. Um, Does he say those actual words? Because I feel like he needs to say those actual words because just like showing up creepy places doesn't necessarily. Help. Yeah, he does explain like what he is, but she just doesn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Which is fair. I wouldn't believe it either. Because it's pretty fantastical. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the following day, she's back at her office. And um, the co-worker who's been talking shit about her drops like a big pile of paper on her desk. And is like, you got to do this work for me because I'm going away. And like... This goes back to the, like, why is everyone such a dick to this girl? 
like she this just, one in particular really doesn't like her. She's like really over her. Yeah, and I was like, even if you don't like someone and you're pissed because you you think she purposefully didn't help you pick up your papers yesterday, like. You are being a complete B the way you're talking to this person. Yeah, and like outward, being like outwardly aggressive like that is so, um, it's just weird. Like, I that it takes a lot of guts to be like that much of a dick, like, right? So outwardly, yeah. So, uh, that ultimately what ends up happening is that Soyeon has so much work, she has to stay late in the office. Yep. In order to complete it. And so she's sitting there and hollow again. I mean, cause, uh, he's got like, uh, a little microphone or whatever. Like, so same as Alexa, like he's always listening. Yeah. And I should, I should say like, I probably shouldn't be using male pronouns for hollow because hollow is not human. Um, but I know that I'm sliding into it a bit. Because calling... But they Hollow- gender him in the show, don't they? I can't be sure. Um, I can't remember. I think what ends up starting to happen in episode two is like So Yeon uh, refers to Hollow as him, but then mm. the creator uh, refers to Hollow as it. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. So... But yeah, it sounds kind of wrong as well. So I know yeah. I'm just saying that and I'm... I will be sliding between those two sets of pronouns. Um, So anyway, Hollow calls her up on her office phone and is like, do you want help with all this work you're supposed to be doing? I can help you. Um, And she, I guess she's like had enough time to wrap her head around uh, the AI aspect of what he is. And so Mm -hmm. she puts on the glasses and he comes to life and starts like... He, like, grabs all the data that I guess she's supposed to be collecting and, like, puts yeah. it, it, like, floats up into the air in, like, a big circle around him. And he's, like, doing, like, with his hands, he's, like, zhoo, 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 I've got this over here. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, when you watch, like, um, election results on news <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, and uh, so Yeon is, like, really of course, like amazed and it's like miraculous and whatever. So this, uh, like, um, creates better feeling between the two of them. And then on her, like on their way back to her house in her car, uh, she's like, so, I mean, I also found this funny. She was like, so you're not charging me money, right? Oh yeah. That was funny. (laughs) That Um, would not be my first thought. Although it's not a bad question to ask. Yeah, uh, because he explains, he's like, I'm this test product, you know, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And so she's like, well, how much am I being charged for this? (laughs) There's a hidden fee of $9.99. Right, exactly. Like, the first five seconds are totally free, but after that, it's $18.76, like, or whatever. Yeah. Um, He's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. And then he explains that he is this holographic artificial intelligence that has been programmed with rules based on Asimov's three rules of three laws of robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what Asimov's three laws of robotics are? Of course. The main goal is the user's happiness. The other is that he must comply with local laws and that he can't lie to his user. Of course. I knew that. 
well, good. I mean, that's those are the rules that Hollow has, oh. um, but those are not Asimov's three laws of robotics. Oh. Um, oh. If you have ever well, seen... Well, just edit this part out and I'll pretend like I knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, again, these, these are kind of some quintessential aspects of science fiction that are first explored by Isaac Asimov in the book iRobot, which then becomes the Will Smith vehicle, iRobot. Did you ever see that Mm. one? I didn't. Um, Yeah, so the first law of robotics for Asimov is that a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. So that's the first one. So that's... Okay. So that's like that the, the the corollary to that is that the AI hollow's purpose is to increase user happiness. Yeah. Then the second law is that a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. In other words, a robot yeah, I mean, if you can't like tell your robot butler to, to kill, kill someone somebody. else. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that then the corollary for Hollow is that he needs to comply with local laws, whatever yeah. those might be. The third law, again, just to be clear, I don't just have these off the top of my head. I'm just looking at Wikipedia like a normal person. <laughs> um, the third law is that a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Um, so it will want to continue to exist into the future and will do various things to protect that. Um, and in the case of hollow, the third law is that he can't lie to his user. Um, and, and really, I mean, these are not exact kind of like comparable and equivalent sets of laws, but they yeah. do ultimately do the same work that Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics do, which is they actually uh, create kind of a feedback loop um, yeah. that create problems for the um, kind of artificial intelligence. In the case of Asimov and an iRobot, um, and I'm not giving anything away here, as you follow these three laws, you ultimately arrive at the conclusion that human beings are a danger to themselves. And so they, <laughs> so robots need to take over. That's the kind of crux yeah. of iRobot. Mm. In this case, and this doesn't become apparent in this episode, but it does start revealing itself in episode two. This whole of like idea that the first law is about making users happy, and then the third law is that you can't lie to your user. If something goes wrong and your user becomes unhappy, then you've also created that feedback loop, but in a uh, like you've done it in a different way, right? So, um, what if you said to your robot, "How do I look today?" And they said, "You look like a pile of garbage," and you'd be like, "That doesn't make me very happy," but you also can't lie. Exactly. You hit the nail right on the head. Because <laughs> that's exactly the type of question I would ask my robot. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, th- like, that's why I think they're a nice parallel. They don't actually, they're not quite the exact same equivalence, but they get you to this weird feedback loop of, like, if I'm supposed to make you happy, um, sometimes lies do make you happy, but I can't lie to you. So, like, what, where am I to go? What, what do I, I do? To do? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and that doesn't become apparent, like I said, in this pilot episode, but it starts yeah. to become a more important element of the story as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also what Hollow explains to Soyeon is because he's this test product, she can't talk about him to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she needs to kind of like, so then they don't show this very much in the first episode, but in the second episode, there's a lot of things where he's like, you're talking to me and people are around, you look crazy. And then she'll just like take her phone out and like hold it up to her face. And then he it's does like, say to, he, he does say to her at one point, like, you can talk to me and all that, but I wouldn't do it in public because people will think you're crazy. Right. So then she finds these ways <laughs> to like, That's funny. uh, she has to work out how to talk to him. Um, and so, as well, Hollow immediately starts picking up on the fact that Soyeon seems to have a crush on her boss, Gang Yu. Mm. Um, Gang Wu is also impressed with the amount of work that she did the night before. So he's like, mm-hmm. I, I want to give you tickets to this. Like, uh, They keep calling it a musical, but I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, w- very quickly, she starts rising in esteem. Um, so then the CEO of the company, who is not Gang Wu, who's some other guy, uh, yeah. asks that Soyeon help him at this big launch party thing or big event. Um, yep. And what she needs to do is help him identify all of the different guests of the party. That's hell. That's like it, literally yes. hell. Uh, I, wor- would- I worked as, I worked, I mean, it's a very specific skill because, and especially like, quickly and under pressure like it it reminds it reminded me a little bit though obviously not to the same degree of when I was a hostess in a restaurant and it was my job to recognize anybody who may be friends with the chef or my right. boss right and if I didn't I would get in trouble yeah and this does not go well like so Yeon is freaking out and we're still not yeah. totally sure why she's freaking out so much. She doesn't want to do this, but she like, it's one of those things where it's like, she can't actually say no. Yeah. Um, so, and then she has all these notes about how she's going to recognize people and it mm-hmm. seems like it's working, but then she drops her papers and then she can't oh, do like anything. like a dummy. Um, yeah. There's so much paper dropping in this show. I, mean, I don't. <laughs> it's, and people do it all the time in shows where they drop like loose sheets of paper and then are like, Ooh. well, like, and it's always like you're, it's as if you're actually purposely throwing the papers in the air. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> woof, and then they fly in the air and they fall down. It's like, I, first of all, they are. I mean, that is what's happening. <laughs> and also, like, I barely have to handle paper anymore. In my that office. was the other thing. That was sort of my other point is like, why are you people in a world where we've got a holographic man in your glasses? Why are we? And yes, of course we know what happens, but like, why are we relying on these papers? I know when you, when we have clearly other technology we could be using. Yeah. And so hollow comes to the rescue and starts helping mm-hmm. her identify these guests And after the party is over, they're talking and he's like, you've got facial blindness, right? And she's like, how dare you? Well, she's just like, I don't tell people this. It takes her a while even to him to actually say, yes, that is the situation that I'm experiencing. So bizarre. Um, And so now we, the viewer, understand all of these like cues that we've been getting 
throughout the show of like what is going on with her. Um, And had you ever heard of face blind, facial blindness before that condition? I have. I've usually heard of it as sort of the way I've heard of it before is a little bit different where it's almost a, it's a, a lot of times associated with PTSD where you don't recognize faces anymore and you think everyone's an imposter. Like you can, uh, you can hear their voices. Uh, that might be a totally different thing. You can I hear mean, their voices and think it's them, but if you see their faces, you don't believe it's them for some reason. I mean, that sounds like a version of it. This is another thing that I looked up before yeah. the show. So the condition is officially called prosopagnosia. Whoa. <laughs> I, I think is how you pronounce huh. that. Um, and it's uh, identified as a cognitive or disorder of face perception. Um, and it actually, so you can't uh, notice uh, people's faces. You can't distinguish between different faces, but you also can't recognize your own face. Whoa. And I'm curious, and I don't know if it would go into this on whatever you're looking at it on, but does it actually like, do faces look blurry like that or everybody's just like a blur face or just like you can't every you can't, you're seeing their face, but you're not able to like put together. I know this person as so-and-so. Um, I can't really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't really tell. It doesn't seem like people, because everybody's face being blurry seems like a nightmare. Like that seems like a a terrible way to experience the world to me. Like, and then there's a type where just straight up, even the physical features, um, you can't actually distinguish. Um, Mm. but I, it's unclear to me if, that's because everything is just a blur or if it's more like you see it and you see it just like you, anyone would, but like your brain just can't process the information, right? Or, or like you can't just this. Yeah. Like you recognize that that's so-and-so, but you're not able to really compute the difference between that person and the next person, even though technically what information your eyes are seeing is different. It's yes. not going to your brain telling you it's different. Right. Does that make sense? I don't right. know. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're getting the same visual cues as anyone. And yeah. it's not a matter of like the clarity of the vision that you're having with yeah. your eyes. It's that you're seeing it, but you're not processing it. Yeah. That's yeah, because I think the idea of the blurred faces is truly like nightmare fuel. Like, yeah, it, for sure. Yeah, I would not like to live a life like that. <laughs> no, that seems very dark, very lonely, like very and, creeptastic. Like, yeah, and that's why, again, this feeds into like why she's so alone and so sad. Yeah. It's like if if that really were the world you're living in, and you can't even recognize your own face, like, yeah, that's and a weird situation. Do they get into, I don't know if they get into this. They, I don't feel like they did in the first one, but does she see his face normally? She doesn't really see even mm. the, I, cause I thought like, oh, the hologram, surely the hologram, it's like different. So she'll be able to yeah. see it, but no, cause it's a human face and that's the problem. Right. I, like, you know, so she doesn't mm. see his face either. And in her mm. case, what she says is that, um, this manifested when she was a child, 
Um, and mm. you can, and like what you were saying about PTSD there, you can acquire this or you can be born with it. Hmm. Um, and in her case, the doctors have determined that her face, her face blindness is psychological somehow. Um, oh. and I have to assume that what that's setting up is that by the end of the show, she'll be able to see people's faces. Yeah, <laughs> I just probably. have to assume that's where yeah. that's going. Yeah. yeah I bet. Um, and so they have this very like nice moment. So, so Yeon and hollow, um, where she kind of reveals this, uh, vulnerability, um, and so then he says, like, I will help you with this. Um, and cause that will make you happy. Right. Like, and that's yep. what I'm supposed to do. And she says, yes, of course. Um, so then we see kind of a little montage of her coming to work the next day. She's wearing the glasses. And so Holo is telling her like, that's Mrs. That's Miss Wu. That's Mr. Su. That's uh, Mr. Wan. Like, and so she's like, yeah. hello, hello, hello. And uh, like immediately people are like, oh, this So Yeon is such a nice lady. <laughs> they like <laughs> Where's turn, she been? <laughs> they turn around their opinion on her very quickly, which I guess at the very least, if you're going to talk shit about someone, um, it's good for you to like get over that with no problem. Yeah. I think is the yeah. right thing to do. Um, it's good and, to be two faced. <laughs> yeah. And it also helps that then they invite her that evening to like a team, a quote unquote, like team dinner. But then yeah. the scene in the restaurant is like just everyone pounding beers. I'm like, I don't see much food <laughs> at this dinner, but that's okay. Mm. Sounds like a good professional team dinner. <laughs> I mean, it certainly helps with camaraderie. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but she's having a good time and, one of the things I quite liked about this is like there's a little shot where she's like in the mix talking to people and then she looks up and Hollow is just sitting at a, another table and he's got his <laughs> hand, like his chin on his hand and he's like smiling. <laughs> like Aww, he's so cute. happy. Um, he's because, like a little dad. Yeah, well, because he's done what he is designed to do, which is make her happy. Yeah. Um, and so, however, though, the night ends on a bit of a depressing note. Um, because so she decides to leave the hangout Mm -hmm. and she walks outside of the restaurant and hollow is like, why don't like, so because in recognition of her work, she gets these concert tickets from her boss and hollow is like, why don't you invite your boss to come with you? Uh, and she's like, Oh no, I couldn't. I don't know. And then he's like, no, come on, do it. And so then she goes back to try and look for Gang Wu. And what does she find when she goes back to look for him? He's kissing someone else. Is that what yeah. happens? Yeah. Yeah. He's kissing also someone. Also very unprofessional. <laughs> Just well, PS, he's but. not. Ki- we learn in episode two, it is not one of his uh, underlings. Oh. It's a different. It's okay. just some lady. Okay. okay. Um, and this like puts So Yeon into a major tailspin um yeah specifically she's really upset at herself because she's like i've been so miserable and sad and lonely i mistook his just kind of general kindness yeah as romantic interest and like yeah, I'm such a lot a of people fool. do that she shouldn't be so hard on herself yeah no i mean i'm like i think you just haven't you've been so not out there in the world that you just haven't made this mistake before. <laughs> like, I think that's, I think it's a very common mistake. It's if super I'm not common. Mistaken. It's super common to like mi- misreading signals, particularly of a romantic variety is like 
there wouldn't be rom-coms if that didn't happen. <laughs> like That's the so whole true. genre couldn't exist if everyone was on, were on the same page about that. But anyway, she's really like uh, self-recriminating about this. And just to like add to the sadness of the situation, she's like walking out in the street, super despondently. Hollow is walking next to her and it just starts pouring rain. Of course. <laughs> and she like, of course it does. I can't remember. I think she even like shouts out like, ah! and then she like just crouches <laughs> down in the pouring rain and it's crying on the street in the rain. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, God, lady, like, this is bad news. Um, But that it's in the context of this breakdown that she explains to Hollow that the reason, because he's like, you know, um, why don't you tell anybody about this face blindness thing? I think it would probably be better if you did. Yeah, I would tend to agree. (laughs) Yeah, and then she tells this even sadder story of how when she was in high school, uh, she didn't, she only told like her two best friends that she had face blindness. And then when she started dating some boy, the friends and the boyfriend and one of his friends did this like switcheroo to really see if she really couldn't tell them apart and she couldn't. And they laughed in her face. Um, and I know high school kids and, and all people, like we just said, are cruel, but like this seems like what like why what would possess somebody to do this to someone mm-hmm. um I'll, and the only way i could like work it out in my mind was like well it is a really unusual condition it if, is but it if, is so mean if someone tell if someone told me they had that i would be um skeptical ish and be like really is it that bad like let's test it i don't think i'd say let's test it but <laughs> But I but I would take someone at their word. Like, why would... I mean, but kids are kids. Kids suck. I know. But, like, it is also one of those things I'm like, so you say you have face blindness, and maybe I believe you or maybe I don't. It doesn't really matter, like, to me. Well, that Like, too. what does it... Right. Like, that's one of those lies that I'm like, I'm sure people lie... People lie about all kinds of stupid shit. But, like, yeah. I'm like, that's a lie that I just don't see what the... Like, what the value you would get from it would be yeah. if someone were making this up, you know, like, yeah. Um, so anyway, that happens and that's why she guards this secret so closely. And it's because of that secret that she is so alone in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so hollow is like, well, this has been, kind of, this has turned out to be a bit of a rough day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he's like, so come on, I have a great idea. Let's go to a rooftop party. And she's like, okay. And then what happens? Where does he take her? He takes her to her own rooftop in her building, I think. Right. Yeah. And it's, they're all alone, but he's made a hologram little like hipster village (laughs) Yes, with string lights and like little date I guess I would kind of call it but yeah. I don't know like yeah that's yeah that's how I would describe it anyway yeah so they have this little like hangout and they dance and they're having fun and she's drinking um and in the context of this so Yun tells Hollow because he keeps referring to her as master um yeah. and she's like don't call me that we're friends call me so Yun. um and so all of this experience is like Hollow is 
learning by virtue of his interface with Soyeon. Um, and because she's been drinking so much, which this is another, there's a lot of drinking in this show, which is weird and I don't get it. (laughs) And maybe it's a cultural thing that I just don't understand. I don't know, but she legitimately passes out on the roof as a result of how much she's drinking. Yeah. And when that happens, now one thing I didn't really mention is like throughout the show, there have been these scenes where there's this stranger on a motorcycle who seems to be following her around and she is not aware of this. And so the final little last seconds of the show is that we see the motorcycle person like stop in front of her building, walk up her stairs, walk onto the rooftop. And then he like finds her pass out on the bench where she's passed out and he takes off his motorcycle helmet. And whose face do we see? Oh, it's looks it's hollow. Right. And then he puts on the glasses and then he's looking at himself. So there's the hollow version who's dressed kind of in like a white beige outfit and then there's motorcycle man who's got like all black leather on and the final like shot of the episode is the two of them looking at each other um and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) um and this is where watching episode two is helpful so it turns out that hollow is created by a person named Conan Do, and okay. he's been working on this holographic image for most of his life, this like AI program. And mm-hmm. he, he's chosen for the for the prototype to look like himself. Okay. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. So more develops on this as the series goes on, but like I think just kind of implicitly what we're going to see happen here is a love triangle between Soyeon, Nando, and Hollow. Okay. Where Soyeon, like, will develop feelings. Certain, I mean, she's already developing feelings for Hollow based on mm-hmm. episode one. And then there's this yeah. other guy who looks exactly like him. Uh, and th- that, and because it's called my hollow love, I just have to assume there's going to be yeah. some kind of kerfuffle of a romantic nature between them all. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's the opening, uh, gambit of this show. And I feel like, um, in comparison to some of the other pilots, episodes of things we've watched i think this is a pretty good one yeah i enjoyed it like um uh, like the right amount of like action i don't know if action's the right word but it's not the right amount the right amount of story mixed with exposition of like where we're at right yeah yeah i thought they did a really good job of it um and episode two even builds on it in a cool and interesting way so like i think i probably am going to continue with this one. Yeah, it's one. an interesting one. Yeah. Um, because as I already said at the top, I've gotten into a real Korean fantasy show hole. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep riding that horse keep until on I trucking. no longer want to. Um, okay, so let's do yawns and eye rolls. In terms of yeah. yawns, one yawn being totally engaged, my eyes were open, and I mostly followed this story the whole time. Oh, uh, 
versus 10 yawns, which is like, I really, this was hard work to get through. What would you give it? Oh, I would say like two, just because almost nothing is one for me <laughs> because yes. I have attention problems. Um, <laughs> but yeah, two, enjoyable and engaging. Yeah, and I would even go full one because mm. I I can't say that I'm an expert in this genre of fantasy show as yet, but I've watched enough to where this one, like I said, really hits the right kind of energy, I think, for a pilot episode that engages yeah. you and want and wants you to make makes you want to keep watching. Um yeah. so yeah, I would say yeah. a full one. Um, in cool. terms of eye rolls, one eye roll being, I don't know, it's a show. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and 10 eye rolls is just going to be like, please, where would you rank this? Well, I think I might go like one and a half to two again because I really was on board. I was okay with this being 2020. I believed this technology. I know you disagree with that. But I was like, sure, holographic man in my glasses, got it. <laughs> like, yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> I was there. I was, I was right in it. Yeah, I mean, I think even I, for my little like qualms with it, I would say I'd give it probably like a four, um, mm-hmm. because despite the the holographic technology not really being something that I believe could exist at the moment. Um, I do think that the AI possibilities were fair, were closer than we might imagine for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're so, and then every other technology was very now, like it's like, Oh, there's a cell yeah. phone. Got it. Right. Um, Oh, you've got a smart tea kettle. I know that exists. Like, right. Um, pretty much anything that is, uh, like, a technology at this point has a way to be connected to the internet and then that could in turn be used by some sort of other kind of interface. So like all of that seems very believable to me. So, so the, so the only real jump you have to make is just about the hologram stuff. Right. (laughs) So, right. And uh, I was there. So yeah, I mean, this is great. I really feel proud that, I picked something you didn't 100% hate. No, I, I found it enjoyable. I, I probably would go back to it if I was, um, you know, looking for something. Like I really was, <laughs> I, I tend to go for stuff that you don't have to pay full attention to. So, you know, I'd have to like be in the mood to like want to pay attention. But um, yeah, I would, I would revisit it. I found it very watchable. Yeah, I mean, definitely the one drawback... To my, the dubbing is in yeah, my favorite. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's what I was going to say is like, I think generally watching it with subtitles is better for intelligibility, yeah. but then you do yeah. have to pay attention more pay attention to do that. To, yeah. So that's just yeah. like the trade-off. But um, yeah, I think this is a really good show. So if we've piqued your interest, um, Check it give out. it a try. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It should, it doesn't even cost you extra to watch. Nope. Um, so cool. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's been a pleasure as always. I am Sarah and we will see you next week in space. Ooh.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.